Hey there, we're those sci-fi guys, and this is that those sci-fi guys show. Just two working dudes, different lives, different jobs, but a whole lot of love for science fiction and the fun that comes with. We are your hosts. I am P.S. McKay, coming off purchasing a brand new car and waiting to rock out for boys weekend with my son because my wife and daughter are on their way to Yosemite tomorrow afternoon. Climb a rock. They're gonna go climb. Well, they're they're not gonna climb anything. They're gonna walk a little bit. But <laughs> well, I'm DT Catman. I'm coming from a very long day and a very cold beer. And a very cold it is, beer. It is fucking scalding out here. It's been pushing the high nineties into a hundred all week. I saw I with saw. humidity and heat index. Yep. So and it doesn't, you know. and when, and at night in New England, I've noticed it's not getting below 70. So you're not even cooling down. Like, <laughs> when it's almost 100 during the day, 70 is nice. Yeah, well, 70 is nice, but technically, New England traditionally clo- cools down to a low of 62 on, on a summer evening, perhaps high 50s every now and then. Perhaps rare, but it happens. I was wearing a sweatshirt on a summer night. Not unheard of. Right? No. Not unheard of. That's not that's not a condition that we're looking at this right now in New England. Not this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with it's been 105 here, but it's a dry heat. So, Bullshit. so you, you don't sweat. No, bullshit. You when still you burn sweat. your face off. <laughs> I know. It's all bullshit. The whole dry heat excuse is... <laughs> it doesn't work. Look, humidity will turn 90 degree heat into... A, it'll turn your you into a, a, a sweaty mess. Once you get past 110, you're always a sweaty mess. You walk yeah. outside, whether it's dry or moist. And it's like... Ugh. I'm already, my ass is already sweating, or I'm already just, I'm sweating. I just walked outside. It's like stepping into an oven. Your ass is conducive to swamp thing looking into moving in. It it just becomes too much. (laughs) One of the reasons why I moved back to the north in the first place. You still can't get away from it. Yeah, but I'll take a week over six months. You probably it'll probably cool off next week. That's true, and you next probably week, have it'll like be, it'll be averaging ten degrees cooler than it has been the last two to two to three days. Yeah. A few storms have been moving in too, so if the humidity breaks, it'll just it'll be easier. Yeah, <laughs> but we need the humidity to break and the temp to drop because it's killing a lot of my not physically like not literally killing, but it's wiping out a lot of my employees, and it's not good. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> I've had to go and start giving um, fucking briefs on hydration and stuff again, uh, like I was when I was in the army. Oh man, what is it? Uh, what is it? A pint? Uh, no, what? Two pints? Two pints an hour? For uh, just keep drinking. Yeah, just keep drinking until you feel nauseous and then stop. No. Don't think until you feel <laughs> nauseous. That's, that's over- the opposite, and that's that can be just as bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
drink before you get thirsty, like thirsty, thirsty, like. Yeah. Just stay hydrated steadily throughout the day. Don't overdo it. If your urine is clear-ish, that's pretty good. You will notice the color and smell become stronger and, and darker as you become more dehydrated. So if your piss really smells strong of urine, <laughs> you are not hydrated enough. I got to say, do you know how much you drink water a day? How much, how much water you drink a day? I mean, it can uh, probably be substituted with other non-alcoholic beverages as well, but... No, generally just mostly water and the occasional Gatorade or vitamin water. Yeah. I don't generally, unless I'm really struggling, I don't generally go for a caffe caffeinated beverage. Yeah. I try not to. I've never really been a huge caffeine guy, although lately it feels like I have because... Ooh, I'll get a Coke. Oh, I'll grab a five hundred energy. Maybe I'll get a Celsius. Yeah. In this heat though, you've gotta yeah. gotta stay hydrated. If yeah. you're gonna drink booze at night, you gotta cut it with some water. You gotta drink water. Drink fucking water. You know what? Someone gave me um Drink water. Yes. Can 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 I go now? I'm gonna go. All right. So someone gave me as a gift um, whiskey rocks, which were basically metal metal cubes that you freeze and and then you put them in your your whiskey. Um, dangerous, highly dangerous, because I always I always drink my whiskey with ice and I load it with ice. And in my environment, that ice goes away real fast. Like <laughs> so. I usually cut my whiskey by half with my ice and then, and then I have that. I had the whiskey rocks once and never again, never again. That was a Got bad deal. Drunk, huh? It was a bad deal. It was, I mean, I, I had like a cup of water next to me, but it just didn't, yeah, it didn't work the way it was supposed to. So, that ice is a lifesaver, man. And I got to say, I think I drink about 120 ounces of water a day. Does that sound like a lot? Uh, they want you to drink like two of those like huge bottles of water yeah. a day. It's like 24 ounces. So 12 yeah. of that is like a lot. No, it's like... Don't they want 12 to ounces? Like... Dude, 12 ounces is a fucking can of... That's a can, I know. Booze. <laughs> no, it's... Well, I don't know. What Shoot. It? I don't know. It was a 32 ounces of water or something or... like that. Yeah. So I do twice that amount. But I don't know. Whatever. I work in air conditioning and I shouldn't complain. But oh, I always God. have to have water. I always have to have water with me. Like... Doesn't matter what I'm doing. Well, that's good. Unless yeah. people who die of heat stroke. Well, no kidney stones yet. <laughs> Knock on wood. So. <laughs> well, it's been forever in a day, man. How you doing? Like it's been two weeks since we last posted. I know. I've been. Uh, I've been busy, especially because each of the, you know even this week until to until tomorrow I, it's just a one-off but 
I've been getting up for work at either three or four o'clock in the morning and being yeah. in it at, at early hours because I was on the early shift these last couple of weeks. Which means I'm going to bed well before we podcast. Right. You're still pretending to work at home. <laughs> I got the mandate. I got the mandate. You haven't that. changed from your uh, day sweatpants to your night sweatpants yet. Okay, most of the days you are correct. You are correct. However, today I actually wore regular shorts all day for the first time in I don't know how long. I got to be, I, but you're, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Most every other day. It's just odd that you made that comment on a day that I wore regular shorts all day. So, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's interesting because I got the mandate today that my company is requiring me to come back in one day a week, four times a oh, month. Shame. I know. I'm sitting here going, why? Like, I, I mean, it's just going to be, I'm just, I, honestly, I feel like I'm going to be a little bit more distracted at the office because I'll be seeing these people once a week rather than every day. And mm. I'll need to, I'll need to catch up more with them. You know, I understand what they're saying is like, you know, having more brains around you allows you to be able to, make better decisions and stuff. But I've got the perfect setup here at my office in my house with a nice 35-inch ultra-wide screen monitor on top of my laptop. <laughs> and I can't get that at the office anymore. <laughs> like, I can't work from a laptop monitor. This is a first-world problem, DT. This is a, I know. I know. Can you roll your eyes any further back in your head? Oh my you... God, I just saw my brain. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Oh, okay. oh, there you go. Little, little, I, need, I needed a little gibbs slap just to get my eyeballs back. And... Left one's a little off center. You got to work on that one. <laughs> like Thor and uh, it, it, yeah, and in, Infinity, Infinity War. War. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you didn't wash that? Oh. <laughs> I'm going to wash it. I did just see this this last weekend, uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, okay. I haven't. I think I'm going to see it this weekend with the boy. What do you, What did you think? I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah? Uh, and to be honest with you, I better have enjoyed it because I had a fucking ordeal getting to see the movie this weekend. Oh, do tell, please. Saturday, we were still unpacking, so we spent all day Saturday. I was unpacking. I was putting shit together for my kid's room, new desk, new bookcases, all that stuff. And we said, all right, we, I, had, I was getting up at like 3 in the morning each of the couple of days oh. leading up to the weekend. It was, I was, like eight, I was in bed at like 8 o'clock, you know, 9 at the absolute latest during the week, just smoked. You are the best father. Weren't, the and my kid was sick last week, so we weren't able to get as much done in the afternoon. And I would come home and be home at like 3, 3.30. And so that sucked. So Saturday was just all working. So we were putting, we were breaking down boxes, 
putting some rooms together, making progress, right? Yep. But we decided we needed a break. I said, I'm going to go see Thor. Well, I said, <laughs> look, is it, I, well, I was pretty, it's like, is it all right if I go see Thor? You guys don't mind. I know both of you don't want to go. You guys no, both. None did, of them. We, all, of them we agreed that you. We all wanted to take the day off from shit around the house. Yeah. So unless anybody, and normally it's not an objection. So I booked a ticket for an eleven ten showing. Get in as early as possible so I could get back and you know spend time with the family. And I go and it's three D. At the old showcase where we saw a few movies together. Aw, on Route 1. Very nice. Yep. So, went in there, got my popcorn, got a bottle of water. Get in there a little early, as I always do. Get my seat. And I'm just hemmed in by families on all sides. Oh, no. Children. Children. Folks, don't get me wrong. I like kids. If they're related to me, I love kids. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, but no. if they're running around and yelling while we're waiting for shit to get started, that drives me nuts. You're a parent. Fucking act like it. Right. Your if kids your child should not is running be around, acting yelling. like an asshole in public. Okay? Yeah. They should not be in the, the movie theater if they have to do that. The people next to me on my left side... Girl was probably close in age to my daughter, maybe a year older. Generally, a calm family, but the kid starts flipping out, can't find something. I don't know if it's a phone or if it's a necklace or whatever. And she's like, oh, my God. So they're like pulling out their cell phone. And this is before anything even started. But they have shitty muscle awareness when it comes to it. Muscle awareness needs to be good for your weapon and for your life. Okay, because I kept getting flashes right in my eyeball. I'm like, ah, <laughs> and after like the third time, I think the mother noticed. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. I, I'm already losing here, and let's lose vision too. <laughs> I was like, to, okay. When, I only need when one I get, to when I get the apology, I said. But on the other side of me, there's a family of like four, and one of the kids is just. Like mom, 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 and the other one, and another one's like, "There's kid, there's a kid running up and down the steps." I'm like, "I thought we invented nicer movie theaters to stop this shit." Yeah. Anyway, long story short, we have to watch all those shitty commercials, and then as we're waiting for the screen goes blank, as sometimes it does when they're swapping out, swapping over, then all of a sudden we start hearing shit. Now, it was a 3D. I had booked the 3D, and it was mostly due to time rather than the actual desire for the 3D. But then all of the previews play without any visual. We can hear everything. A couple of the dads who've got kids just going nuts go out and, like, coming back in. They're like, they said it's because it's 3D. I'm like, bullshit. I saw Doctor Strange, I think, in 3D like two months ago. And we had all the fucking commercials and everything was visual. But I was willing to give it. Then the movie starts. We can start hearing the dialogue. I'm like, all right, this is horseshit. And then we come out and the, the, the projector wasn't operating. There's no operator. Oh, my God. Computer. Yeah, it's all automated. Yeah. 
and it's a computer. It's all digital projection. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Oh, shit. And there's nobody comes and talks to us except for the kid who's, like, cleaning up and, like, they keep having to go and address it to the kids working the concession stand because there's no fucking adults around. No. Why would there be? And the kids are like, uh, we have one kid who's apparently responsible enough to have a walkie-talkie, and he's like, oh, let me check. And he's like, calling back to somebody. And we never get really good answers. But we did see finally, like, an older male, probably around my age, like, running up some stairs behind an office where the guy's like, oh, yeah, that's the general manager. He's going up. Like, I know this sounds like a foreign concept to you kids, but maybe there should be a fucking projector projectionist going like they used to have when we would go see movies in the old days back when popcorn only cost a nickel and <laughs> uh, back-to-back movies with the newsreel from the war for you know a dollar yeah and my, my yep. brother while while uh you know while while shit was rough in the depression we'd sneak in and we'd stay for the second showing and we'd just watch it over and over again all that shit yeah. Oh my god. I'm sure that's what it sounded like. We were like, you know, <laughs> there was a projectionist. It was like 20 years ago. In fact, there was probably still projectionists when some of you kids were like 15 years ago. But yeah. Anyway, long story short, I get into. They're like, well, we can give you a reimbursement, or we can we can book you for. Actually, that kind of made it sound like they'd give us a reimbursement and book us into another show. That's what but, I would have asked for. But they, well, they did refund me the difference on the, the 3D because the next showing was not in 3D. It was in another theater. Oh, at least they I had to that. wait. I had to wait like another 45 minutes for it. By that point, I'd already, once, once all the shit started going down, that's when I started on the popcorn. I'm like, if I'm going to have to wait till they reset this, I, I'm just too hungry. I didn't have <laughs> breath, so I'm like, but finally, get to it. Starts like an hour and like 15 minutes later than my original showing, which was a little annoying. But I got to sit in there. I got to watch it. And let me tell you, I really enjoyed Natalie Portman's arc coming back as the mighty Thor, the Jane Foster Thor. Man, and Christian Bale's villain was both heartbreaking and at times kind of creepy. He was very Christian Bale. Uh, well, Christian Bale is perfect in every role. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. I'll give him that. He's good. Yeah. He's really good. I won't lie. He's really good. Hemsworth was Hemsworth. <laughs> Australia's treasure, basically. He's the best. He's the best. Yeah. <laughs> his, his comedic timing is off the wall. He does, I mean, which is very rare for a lot of uh, actors that look like him. I hate to stereotype, but... What, because he's ungodly handsome? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are very few. I mean, have you seen Fabio in guest roles and stuff? I mean, that's the only thing I could think of as equivalent to... He wasn't an to... actor. He was just a model. I know he was a model. Hemsworth was at least an actor, is an actor. He right, can act. Dad, he can actually act pretty well. Very well. Extremely well. And he's he brought me, a lot he of me, nuance to Thor. He made me 
he made me think there was a lot of dust in the theater right after James T. Kirk was born. Uh, it was that was good. That was really what kind of brought him mainstream. Yep. But anyway, really good. Another another good Taika Waititi film. Of course, well, he was also good. he was also Korg, which is always hilarious. <laughs> I heard, I heard like there, there are people who absolutely love this film, and then there are people who absolutely just find it far too silly and childish. If you watched Ragnarok, it's similar vein, all right? Yeah, there's a lot, there's yeah. a lot of heart to this, just like there was a lot of heart to Ragnarok. If you don't like it, there's kind of something wrong with you. Okay, well that 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 that's your assessment. <laughs> DT Catman, thumbs up, thumbs down. Doesn't matter. You said if you don't like if you don't like it, there's something wrong with you. I'd say it's a thumbs up. They had some great callbacks. They had, I mean, it was, and of course there was no Stan Lee cameo, which, like in Doctor no, Strange, it both broke my heart, yeah. but. At least in Doctor Strange, we got Patrick Stewart. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying there weren't cameos in, in Thor: Love and Thunder. There were some excellent cameos. All three of Hemsworth's kids were in this movie. In oh, fact, that's right. I heard about in that. In fact, yeah. most and I think Bale's and Portman's kids were also in this movie. Well, they all moved. They all moved their families temporarily to where they were filming. Um, well. And I heard that that uh, Natalie Portman said that th- she would run into Chris Hemsworth during uh, child pickup at school, and she could blend in really well with the other moms, but Chris Hemsworth was trying to hide behind a tree most well, of the time. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's too tall. big. He's just he's he's too big of a man to to hide. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, a woman as recognizable and as beautiful as Natalie Portman is will stand out. I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to argue contrary here. Point counterpoint. Growing uh, not growing up, but living in L.A. for as long as I did. You would be surprised with how hard it is to recognize a celebrity. No, I'm not because of the lengths a lot of them go for privacy, which you can't blame them. Yeah. I mean, it's not like when I walked through the airport and saw Dennis Rodman. That guy can't hide. He can't hide. <laughs> At his height and with all the... T- I mean, he's Dennis Rodman. That's one of the reasons why people kind of gave him a wide berth. He's Rodman. He's kind of unpredictable. There's something a little wrong with the guy. But it was still cool to see Dennis Rodman in the freaking airport. Right. He's larger than life. Did you ever see the TV show American Choppers? I, I mean, I've seen episodes. I don't. I didn't see the one. I wasn't a regular watcher him. either. But it, it when they say Orange County Choppers, which is the name of their actual company, <laughs> they make a big deal. This is Orange County, New York. Yeah, they're New York. Yeah. They're definitely not uh, uh, Californians. They're no. New York. And my no, thing, you, you imply they're Californians. That's a freaking death blow. Well, and considering how big. Paul Sr. was? I wouldn't want This guy literally wore, wore no sleeves at any time. 
And <laughs> when I was in my first tour in recruiting, I was stationed in Orange County, New York. We saw some of their lower level guys at like big events and stuff. They have a huge, oh, cool. they built a huge showroom there. I'm flying to South Carolina for an army. I was, I was actually doing uh, escort duty, escorting some, some, uh, the Middle Eastern uh, we called them centers of influence, but there was like newspaper people, members okay. of the yeah. community leading citizens, yeah, to try yeah. to community members bring, that you could bring them get, on yeah, from all over get the country. from the ground up, basically right. kind of try to change into showing them that despite all despite what it looks like, we're literally not trying to wage war on Islam or Arabs <laughs> or whatever. Actually, most of the, most of the people who, who were willing to come to us were Lebanese. Most of them oh, were really? Christian, and they all spoke three languages, English, Arabic, and French. They all had like Arabic last names and French first names. There was a ton of Lebanese. When they found out that I was even as small amount of Lebanese as I am, I'm, I'm an eighth. They're like, oh, my brother. Hey, You're my brother. <laughs> bring Arak with us, which is like a Lebanese version of Uzo, which is like rocket fuel. Oh, God. <laughs> like, drink. Come on, let's go out. We'll go. To, you know, when Arabs are asking you to drink, you know, it's, you know. You, that means something. Yeah. That means something. You can't say no. No, no. Uh, yeah, I, it was it was cool, but I'm flying out of the I'm flying out of this little regional airport in Orange County, New York. It's February. It is literally three degrees outside. <laughs> I'm walking inside, and who do I see? But Big Paul Senior, three degrees outside, no no jacket, no, jacket, no sleeves, no sleeves, no sleeves. He knew if he, he had it. If if he had a jacket, he packed it. He stuffed it. Yeah. In his <laughs> Or he got out of his fucking limo and said, here. Or he got off his fucking bike and left it there. <laughs> <laughs> and while I wasn't a huge, like, fan, the the work they did with the military was pretty awesome. And I kind of wanted to go up and say hi, you know, and just thank him for his support to the military community, which sure. they did. But I decided... No sleeves in three degrees weather. This guy doesn't want to be bothered. Probably not. I would agree with that. I, mean, I would agree you know, with that. I've I mean, it's not like he would, he would throw something through your skull. But no. and if, know, for, for me, it annoyed. would just be wanting to go up and say, hey, man, I'm a fan. Thank you for all the support you give us in the military. I appreciate it. That's all I wanted to say. But, you know. I try to read the room, and I, if I see celebrities, which is very rare, unless I'm like in line to meet one, you know, it's like, hey, thank you, appreciate yeah. what you do. I've met plenty of athletes over the years, you know. No, that's true. You just try not to be a dick to people, right? Well, that's that's it. Um, what was it? I met Leonard Nimoy when I was sixteen. 
Yeah, well, yeah. You've and you've told that story, and it's a wonderful story because it just shows what a decent dude he was. It really was, and it still I bothers mean, me. Even though he's been dead for seven years, it still bothers me to say was with Leonard Nimoy. I know, and I I, I can't think about the crisis I'm going to go through when William Shatner passes because it's going to be it's I can't I can't even quantify it. Like I, I, question. When the news breaks, should he go first? Do you think Takei will go, oh, my? No, he's going to go, oh, good. But I'm sorry. I know the trials and uh, travails that that Takei has gone through in life. He's had a pretty tough life. He never, his family, he and his family never should have been interned in the, in the Japanese uh, uh, camp, no, ever. Agreed. I mean, that whole process never should have happened. Correct. He's been able to create a very good life for himself since. Don't and, forget, but, though, he also pretty much hid that he was gay for like 40 years of his... True, and I think that that made him angry. Well, wouldn't you, that that, if you had to hide who you were? Uh, you know, I understand, I understand, but that doesn't mean that you still have to be an angry asshole now. Well, I mean, I followed him for a long time on Facebook because he was pretty damn funny. He was, and I did but, too. But here's the thing, it doesn't matter, everybody's an asshole now. I know, It's. Yeah, I was thinking about this. It's like They even showed a video of Tom Hanks going off on some people who like <laughs> bumped into, into Rita Wilson. No, Which, by the way, is not an asshole. That, no, that no, video, no. but still, an and I'm not saying he was an asshole. I'm just saying, like, in some ways, you kind of have to respect it because I, I think the first dude he kind of snapped at was actually elbowed into Rita, not, but like he kind of like took on the crowd. He's like, hey, yeah, yeah, give us give us a little space here. That's you know, all understandable, only, yeah. And a man, by the way, and a man who, who's in Hollywood who's been married to the same woman for 30 years. That, again, that's a testament to his character, which is why I don't think that video makes him an asshole. No, I'm, I'm not saying it does. I mean, and to be honest with you, that kind of almost proves my point in the opposite direction. But still, you'll still have Tom Hanks have to, you know, say, look, Guys, this isn't acceptable behavior. But he's still Tom Hanks, and everybody loves him. And more and more people came to his defense because he's Tom Hanks. Yeah, he doesn't go out and do dumb shit. You know, like the video, like the pictures and videos of him, like jogging through the park, and just happens to be here's here's a couple doing wedding photos, and they're like, oh, and he's like taking pictures for him. Yeah, I mean, he's we need celebrities like that. We do. And did you do you remember the day that you might not? I think you were deployed, but someone tried to shame Tom Hanks because he manspread on the subway once, and they took a picture of him. He had he had a suitcase on the seat next to him, and his 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 knees were splayed out. And I'm like, okay, there was no one else near him. How, no one how was old? standing how, by him. How how long ago was this? It was probably about five or six years ago. And the guy was still in his 50s. Dude, I'm in my early 40s, and all my joints hurt. If I get a chance to spread out, 
I'll spread I'm going to spread out. <laughs> I get, I get it, man. If there's no one around him, people are just, you know, and that's the problem is people will try to bring down icons. Yeah. And you know what? Bill Cosby, for years, he was like this shiny example. And he he went down like a flaming turd. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well. And it sucks, too, because we all grew up watching the Cosby show. It was groundbreaking. It was hilarious. It was Tackled hard issues, you know. It was a was the most popular show in America. Mm-hmm. And he was like one of America's dads. And it's like, ooh. You, <laughs> no, no. We got a bubble wrap uh, uh, Carl Winslow right now because we've lost Bob Saget. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Uncle Phil and Bob Saget are both dead, and Bill Cosby went to jail for some heinous <laughs> shit. Bubble wrap Carl Winslow like a motherfucker. I'm telling you. You know, Dave Coulier was on uh, the Adam Carolla podcast last week. Uh, That's a surprise. Huh? I said that's not really a surprise. That's not a surprise. They have have similar leanings. Well, I'm actually, I'm not sure about, I I don't know. I can't confirm or deny that. I, they got along famously, and uh, Dave Coulier was talking about the death of Bob Saget and how he was notified. But then he was talking about dealing with, um, uh, shoot, what's this guy? SNL guy, Norm. Norm McDonald. Norm McDonald. He was Does talking about Coulier, like, a Canadian too. Yes, but he he, he told a fond story about Norm McDonald and how Norm would come to him and be like. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. You're on a show. You're on a show. Oh, there's kids on the show. I think there's kids and it's it's a it's a it's a popular hold on. It's a popular show. There's kids and, and I got nothing. I got nothing. I don't have any more. Every time he would meet Dave Coulier. And Dave Coulier, every time he would like see Norm, he'd just start laughing before he even started that that set with him. And I thought that, that was such a delightful story wow. like so nice and and that man has lost not only one of his closest friends that he texted the night before he died uh bob saget he texted him yeah. the night before he died like you know good luck have fun on your set and we'll talk later and they never did but i mean he he you know interacted with norm mcdonald good funny guy and a great Oh man, I don't mean to go for the sentimental here, but well, and as we like to mention, we enjoy comedians, and we've lost some of our favorites: Saget, Gilbert yeah. Godfrey, Louis Anderson, yeah. and 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 Norm Macdonald. I mean, those were four very distinct comedic voices. Yeah, each one was it, literally they had very distinct voices, but. They had distinct comedy styles. And the salt of the earth. And universally loved. Yeah. I mean, Gilbert Godfrey got fired from being the Aflac duck for telling like a a tsunami joke. But he says the worst things ever. Stuff not even Norm or Bob would say. Just the worst. (laughs) And apparently his his major book was Rubber Balls and Liquor. 
<laughs> but, and he's just such an outrageous guy, but everybody loved him. Comics would come and see him because they're like, oh, Gilbert's going to be at the sh- comedy what yeah, cellar or whatever. Comedian. I got to go see this guy. Yeah. Because he might, he might get arrested. You know, it's like one of those dudes. Was, <laughs> and Louis Anderson, who took on all sorts of fat humor and all sorts of different stuff. And you know, host of The Price is Right. He won an Emmy for the Zach Galifianakis show. I mean, but he'd been around forever. He was one of the, I, I remember seeing him on like Comic Relief in like the, the late 80s, early 90s. And, yeah, yeah. Life, uh, was it was it Life with Louie, the cartoon? That was a brilliant he, cartoon. I believe it was. I think that was. Uh, uh, it, I know it was critically acclaimed. I kind of think it, it might have won 94. some Yeah, it came out in 94. I remember the Christmas episode came out, and then like seven or eight months later, the rest of the show came out. It was That was a good cartoon. Yeah. I mean, and then, of course, you know, Saget. TV dad, everybody loved him. He had two shows on going for over a decade, you know, for like a decade. He was on Friday night on Full House and then fucking Saturday or Sunday night with America's Funniest Home Videos. He he portrayed portrayed this squeaky clean image, this kind of dorky, nerdy dude. (laughs) And he was the filthiest comic. Oh, he was. And, and I Norm, know. Go ahead, go ahead. And Norm was just maybe one of the most bizarrely intelligent comics. This side of Robin Williams, and even but he in a different way, could decode Robin Williams. No one could. <laughs> no one could. And his idol was Jonathan Winters. Yeah. But Robin, You're right? Robin, Robin's still a, a big hole in the community. I mean, Robin, I, Jesus. The day I found out I was in Yosemite, and I just, I, I was devastated. I was devastated. I couldn't get any more information because cell phone was spotty. But, man, the night that, the day that we got back, the first thing we did was we put on the Aladdin movie. And, uh, we, we introduced our kids to Aladdin. We're like, oh we need it. I, I mean, uh, what, what was it? Oh, Steven Spielberg, when he found out Robin Williams died, he put on Hook and basically cried for two hours as he watched that movie. I mean, I think everyone did something like that when Robin passed, you know? I couldn't because I was at school for the Army, but I think I might have watched some YouTube videos. Yeah, uh, everyone needed to do something, and just oh, still might be the funniest motherfucker ever. Lived. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Uh, did Did you finally ever watch the 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 YouTube clip of him doing a show in like Kuwait? Of course I did. Yeah, yeah. Where like where they all t- when it, when the flag all, goes down and they all yeah. turn around out of it. He has no idea what's going on. Yeah, he knows they're all standing there at attention, and so he just puts his hands down, you know, kind of in a nice, respectful position, just trying to figure out what's going on. But he does, 
and he, they hear this, the bugles, so he's like, okay, something's going on. And then it ends, and they all turn back around, he's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. He's like, what was that? He's like, it's like, Someone it's pretty rare for, for a comedian when, when 500 people just turn around and say, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like, he's like, what was that? And he's like, and somebody yells out, because what it's called is retreat. And he's like, retreat? He's like, holy shit, retreat? <laughs> like, wait, what? Aren't you guys supposed to be fighting? Right. It was, it was hilarious. When I did get back, I remember we had, I had just come back from school. My wife and I had taken our daughter to her first day of preschool. Gosh. Okay. We a long time ago. Right. And we come and I think we came back a little early. So I pulled out my phone and I was like, hey, you should see this video. And I showed her the video and she's laughing. She she thought it, it, I mean, it, <laughs> but it's also heartwarming too because as a soldier, and this guy, I remember listening to Gilbert Godfrey's podcast, which they would replay on Comedy Classics on XM Radio, and he's talking with Lewis Black, and Lewis Black was telling him, oh yeah, Robin Williams got me into doing USO tours. He dragged me out to something, and now it's something I do. Like it was always on, and he was always there. And there's, there's always, there's videos and pictures of him just talking with troops overseas or whatever. Robin was amazing, you know. Yeah. All these guys that we've lost in the last year, the comedic actors. Plus, and let's not forget Betty White, who, while not a comedian, no. was one of the comedic greatest actor. comedic actresses of all time. Oh my God! Yes. And just Absolutely. a true television icon, she was one of the most in. She was one of the most groundbreaking female females in entertainment. She mm-hmm. was like the first woman to have her own show. She yeah. was like running the show too. She was like, and she had um and she had a black uh, a black performer. That's why on. that show didn't last long. Well, well yeah, I mean, because she wanted him on. And then the, the, the network said, you can't be on the same stage with him. And she said, well, screw you. We're still going to do it. And she did it like she was in the same frame on stage with him, touching him as in shaking his hand. Maybe there was a side hug. I don't I don't I didn't see the actual video, but that happened two episodes later. It's canceled. Mm. Like but such. Can you do the future math, people? Can you do no. the future math? People don't do future math. Not even then. Like... <laughs> we've lost comedy legends. We've lost the hell. We've lost TV. We've lost film legends in the last year or so. I mean, but I mean, it happens all the time. But I don't know. For some reason, just these. I keep hearing like because when I'm stuck in traffic. I'll turn on the comedy stations on XM, and I've just gotten a lot of norm lately. And Mitch Hedberg, who I love, but Ooh, yeah. he's been dead like 17 years. I know. Oh, five. Yeah. But Norm was somebody I kind of grew up with. You know, I watched him. To me, he might still be the best Saturday Night Live um, weekend update host. He was. He absolutely was. Norm yeah. McDonald after him. 
Norm Macdonald was fearless. Yes. Yes. Uh, no, wait, wait, hold on. What, what was I saying? Norm Macdonald, the first one. Who was the other guy? Oh, Kevin Nealon. Kevin Nealon after Norm Macdonald. Before Norm. He was before Norm. He was before Norm, but I would say Norm was the best. Oh. Kevin Nealon, second. Nealon was good. And, and yeah. Dennis Miller was pretty funny, too. I enjoyed yeah. I enjoyed Colin Quinn because I yeah. find Colin, Colin Quinn, Quinn to be great. very funny. And Tina Fey and, and uh, Jimmy Fallon were fun. And I know her, Tina Fey and was it Amy Poehler, they took over for them, which was, they're pretty funny. You know, but I, Colin Jost and Michael Che just don't do it for me. You know, Seth I Myers, a, I think, was it Seth Myers was one? Seth he Myers was, was the, the, the lowly Red Sox fan. <laughs> it, it was okay. I mean, but yeah. I, 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 he eventually I, took over with Amy Poehler, I think. I enjoyed the shit out of Norm, and it just was never the same after Norm left. No. That and was it, always must watch. fire him? They fired him. Fired? Yeah. yeah. He got fired because of all oh, the OJ, OJ jokes. jokes. Yeah, that's right. We talked about those. That's right. Ugh. Have you watched his uh, his farewell set on Netflix? Oh, yeah. It was strange. He's like, the dog's barking. He's like, and then it's like, he's on. He's, somebody calls him. He's like, yeah, I'm filming this Netflix thing. Uh, I'll call you later. It's I, so I still haven't it's seen like, it. I keep forgetting that it's there. I have so many things to watch. Even if you, because, and and I I will say this, sometimes I think when you, with Norm, when you feel the people cringe in the audience, is is one of the things that's funniest to him, and I find it hilarious. Like when he says something, people are like, ooh, he's like, hey, hey, hey. He thrives off that. But I, I appreciate that. And yeah. He does try to act like there's an audience there. Like, yeah. he'll say something like, oh, wait, hold on. It's not what I meant. Like, <laughs> like he's hearing the boos or the, or the reactions in his head. Yeah, but they're but not there. It, Did they put it in there artificially? No, it's not there. No. It's good, just good. In his head. He's literally seeing this and basically trying to do this like he is doing the show on a stage. In an auditorium. Does he look ill? I don't know. He just looked older to me, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it was they during the do, pandemic. Yeah. None of us looked great. And I'll just take me out of the equation. Nobody really looked great during the pandemic. <laughs> no, not not where you were, no. <laughs> but the, the best thing... I think, and while that was great to watch just one more piece of original Norm content, the thing that really got me was watching, because they debuted it at Netflix as a joke comedy festival, and then they had Letterman, Molly Shannon. Oh, yeah. I want to say Chris, no, Dave Chappelle, Spade, and Sandler. Yeah, Sandler comes on. And they were just all, they just watched it. They hadn't seen it. They're just sitting there on couches. And they're just all kind of talking to each other. 
And I, you know, you knew that he was friends with Sandler and Spade and those Saturday Night Live crew. I didn't really realize that he was kind of friendly with Dave Chappelle until really I saw the closer by Chappelle and it was dedicated to Norm. There was a picture of him and Norm like smoking cigarettes in a bar together. Um, but that was uh, just to hear them kind of talk about him. And then I watched the Netflix uh basically memorial to Bob Saget, the, what is it, Dirty Daddy? Oh, yeah, yeah. It yep. Yep. was hysterical. And they get Jim Carrey out there, and, uh, you know, his, Jim Carrey. his friendship with John Mayer was weird. I mean, it, it seems weird. I mean, it was just, I guess, Bob being Bob, but he was, and they had, they were showing a montage. John Mayer, the, John Mayer was like a, a golden retriever. To, to Bob. Oh, he he loved Bob. Yeah, he, he was right there at his beck and call. Not not in a bad way, by the way. But just he he loved Bob and he would do anything for Bob and he did. Like, he was he was at he was at the family's beck and call. Whatever. He and Jeff did. Ross went to pick up his car together. Yeah. And I love Jeff did, Ross. Didn't Jeff, Jeff Ross, Ross like do a live podcast? From that car as yeah, they're driving it the back. Yeah, the two of them, they're like... Oh, my God. And, you know, then they float around these pictures with Jeff and, like, Louie and, and Bob and, like, Gilbert. And then there's a picture of Louie and Gilbert and Norm and Bob. And it's just like Jeff, just like... Ah. <laughs> like, oh, these pictures are... But, and, and that's one of the things that I've appreciated is from the comedy community, they've really come together with their own, much yeah. better than the rest of Hollywood does, right? It's like, oh, this guy died. They'll get a little memoriam, you know, at the at the Emmys or the Oscars or whatever. But somebody's always left out. Like, I think Norm was left out of maybe the Oscars or something like that, which is bullshit. Because while he wasn't a huge movie star, he was Norm fucking McDonald. Arlie Ermey was left out. Oh, yeah, and Gunny. Gunny didn't give Gunny. a shit. And he, he didn't was left out. He was like, fuck those guys. He still should have been in there. Fuck those guys. I know. I know. He would say, he, he, he would have exactly said everything you just said. Yes. But he, he owned a prostitution house in Singapore. <laughs> Sounds like a Marine. He did. He Semper Fi, my, my brothers and sisters in arms. He literally said that he married he ming he married a Singaporean because they are more submissive. <laughs> oh no 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 no! I'm sorry, I misquoted. I misquoted. He said they listen, <laughs> which I don't think is much better. But <laughs> maybe he means that they actually listen. They might. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just quoting. I'm just quoting what he, his life experience, which is just amazing, by the way. So, but yeah, I, I, I don't mean to be his life in, in any way, shape, or form. It's well, just it's, an amusing it's, look back. When you see some of the things he was in later in his life, he actually was in some comedic roles too. Later, Saving Silverman. He did a male-on-male kiss. 
Oh, who do you marry? Jack Black or something? It was like the coach. Or I, don't something. I don't know if it was Jack Black. It was the other guy. It was it was the other it was the other friend, the redhead guy. A guy. Sure, whatever. That's so yeah. funny you bring that you bring that up because I was just thinking about the song SR seventy one song. Um, oh God, their song that they used to promote that that song. Uh, that that movie. Um, oh shoot! And it doesn't matter. I'm not gonna be able to play it anyway. Look, I, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to some of the great comedians, and when I, you know, what annoys me, you know, like when I turn on XM Comedy Greats channel, I'm getting dudes I've never heard of, or a guy who's like had like middling success from what I was hearing. Like these are not comedy. Good. This is comedy great. I want to hear Don Rickles. I want to hear Norm oh, McDonald. I yeah. want to hear Robin Williams. I want to hear people with epic comp Louis C.K. Or you know, or, you know, now that he's coming back from his cancellation, you know, Dave Chappelle. You want to hear people who were like legends, Richard Pryor. You want to hear the legends of comedy, right? Yeah. People who they put into that hall, George Carlin. Yeah, fucking Joan Rivers, Robin Williams. Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, Rodney Dangerfield. That's what I want to turn on. I saw a video of him on the Carson show in 1979 where he... he killed Carson. Killed. What was his name? Um, Ed McMahon? No. Carson? No. No. It wasn't Don Bluth. It was um, Don... What, Rickles? Don Don Rickles. No, no. No. It wasn't him. Right. No, he probably couldn't have killed Don. No, he uh it was there his sons were his Don sons producers. Dom DeLuise, yes, Dom DeLuise. Thank you. Thank I you. Love Dom DeLuise too. I know. He, Space he couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, Dom DeLuise couldn't stop laughing his ass off because Rodney does his set. I see this clip this past weekend. He comes out, he does a set, which is like three minutes, right? Three minutes, comes over, and he sits down next to Carson, and Carson's like, so what's going on, Rodney? And <laughs> Rodney continues his set. He doesn't stop. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you. I mean, my, my wife, wife doesn't give me any respect. But, and, and, you know, that, that's what everybody <laughs> remembers, but he had a lot of great bits. If you want to listen to something... Listen to the Southern Pilot. The Southern Pilot. Yeah, talking about flying on a plane with a on a, on a flight with a Southern Pilot. It is oh so my. damn funny. All right, I'll have to do that. I'm writing that and, down. And it's actually. not any of the I don't get no respect stuff, which of course is what he's kind of become you know, yeah. famous for, like his catchphrase. He was so much more than that. So that's what drives me nuts lately. I'm like, who the fuck is this dude? Why is he on the comedy greats? <laughs> like, I, re- I can't remember if it was Netflix or if it was, uh, you know, the comedy greats or whatever. But when Norm died, they played his entire CD because he came out with a CD in like 2006. <laughs> back when people would put out comedy CDs. But it was kind of like the Adam Sandler CDs where they were all skits. Yeah. Not like really not stand up routines. Yeah, my brother and listened to my brother and I listened to one of those CDs from '96, a couple years ago. Oh, the Sandler ones. Yeah, the Sandler ones. 
Yeah. Now the severe beating that was a of a high school band. Exactly. Or you know beating. your brother and and your next door neighbor had those CDs. I had those CDs. We listened to them all the time. It was ridiculous. I didn't have those CDs. I don't think my brother had those CDs. Well, your next door neighbor did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Many people didn't. It was like while Sandler was rocketing to stardom back before, back when he was doing shitty movies, but everybody loved him. Look, yeah. folks, I know we normally talk about sci-fi stuff, but it's it's been a while since we've had a chance to collaborate. So, real quick, just to recap, people we've talked about, Dom DeLuise, Spaceballs, Robin Williams, Mork and Mindy, among other numerous uh, sci-fi type of yeah. things like Bicentennial Man and such. What Dreams May Come, kind of fantasy-ish. Uh, Bob Saget. Yeah. Bob Saget wearing the Danny Tanner uh, skin like he was Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> oh, my God. And Norm MacDonald, who may have actually been an alien. He might have been, yeah. From the <laughs> far distant planet of 1953 Canada. Yes, yes. I'm just an old chunk of coal. Yeah. His, if you listen to some of his earlier stuff, the older he got... The farther back in dick in, in, in vocabulary he got. Like, <laughs> yeah. His Isn't vocabulary was though? like now by the time he died, his vocabulary was like thirty years before it was born. <laughs> if you want to see a ballsy performance, rewatch the Bob Saget roast where he gets up and he reads this like nineteen fifties like retirement party joke book, basically. And they're all the cheesiest jokes. No, Norm. Oh, he's no, okay. He's supposed to roast Saget, and he does, like, the cleanest, stupidest, silliest jokes you've ever heard, and only the comedians are laughing. Yeah, yeah, because they and know Dennis more. Miller it's called him out. Because it's the next level, it's the next level hilarity. Did you see, did you ever watch, um, what's it was called, Lights Out with David Spade on Comedy Central? No. It got, no. like, one season and then got was one of those shows that got crushed by the pandemic but it was basically spade and it was awesome i forgot it was that recent yeah you can find like all the clips on youtube yeah i'm sure but spade it's like spade and he has like kind of like this he has four guests and they're all sitting at the you know he does a monologue and they all come in bill maher then basically kind of but he just tops everything and it's mostly comedians although you'll get the occasional actor or actress or 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 athlete or something somebody who actually is kind of funny but there was one time was basically a a weekend update reunion he had norm he had kevin nealon he had dennis miller Norm, Nealon, Miller. Maybe it was just, it might have been just those three. And then, like, Colin Quinn calls in. Okay. But but at one point, they're talking about, oh, it was like this old, because, you know, Spade got his stuff doing, like, 
the Hollywood Minute on Weekend Update. That's how he kind of got started on Saturday right. Night Live. Look, children, a fallen star. Oh, Boom. <laughs> yeah. And then it was so damn funny. So damn funny. Because most of the time the comedians, you know, like the guests kind of keep their mouth shut during his uh, monologue. But the fucking Weekend Up dudes. Update oh, they were they were emboldened. I'm killing sure. him. They're killing yeah. him while he's doing it, and he's now he's trying not to laugh or get distracted. Yeah. But then he'll also turn and sing them all. But Dennis Miller called out Norm. He's like, "You tell Norm to do an OJ joke, or you tell Norm not to do an OJ joke, and he'll do it for an hour." And then they were trying to get Norm to do an OJ joke, and he's like, "I don't know, I." I He's paid his debt to society. And Dennis you tell him not to do it, OJ. Norm will do the exact opposite of what you want. Apparently, Norm fucking pissed off Harvey Weinstein. Oh, yeah. There's a great story floating around that I guess, I don't know if it was like Matthew Perry or somebody was on Saturday Night Live. And Weinstein's there and he's like saying, oh, this guy's a comedy genius. I mean, this guy's a genius. What do you think? And he like looks at Norm. He's like, "What do you think?" And Norm's like, "What does he do? Math or something?" Genius. Like, <laughs> he like embarrassed Weinstein. And I think that's yet another reason why Norm's career kind of took that left turn. But Norm didn't give a fuck. No. That was one of the best things about Norm. It was a, a good life. He was a fucking space cadet, degenerate he gambler. Was. Artie Lang has great Norm stories about oh, their God. gambling. Degenerate gambler, Norm's probably won and lost like a dozen fortunes. But everybody you know who knew Norm loved Norm. It killed yep. Saget. His heart, his heart was, oh, God. He went on and did like a 10-minute uh, like podcast about how broken hearted he was that Norm had passed. If you watch... And I'm not going to spoil it, but if you watch the Dirty Daddy thing on uh, Saget, they do a montage of, of Bob Saget. And it's all set to Don Rickles singing like his closing number from his live show late in his life. Oh. Don Rickles was a huge, he, Stamos and Saget were like his protege, or like his almost like additional kids. Yeah, yeah. And Jimmy and uh, Jimmy Kimmel, he loved those three dudes. And when Don died, Kimmel broke down on stage. I remember that, yeah. And then they had Stamos and Saget come in, and they were all emotional, but they were telling some of the funniest stories. Mm -hmm. If you want to see something weird, but kind of, not weird, hilarious, but also kind of out there, watch Dinner with Don on the AARP YouTube site. It's like a yes, dozen episodes. You mentioned that, yeah. yeah. Watch him. He's like, he's got, of course, he's got Scorsese and De Niro in one episode where they're all, it's basically celebrities sitting down with Don at a really nice restaurant in California <laughs> having dinner and then they're, they're talking about their lives and careers. It's like 10 minutes a piece. It's really fast, but he does one with Snoop. And the Snoop one is so fucking awesome because you can't possibly find like two people who might seem so far apart. No, they're both driven. They're both 
smart. Right. And, and, they, and they both have a good sense of humor. So, yeah, their styles are different, but they can recognize talent. Oh, and that's one of the things that 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 Don kind of said to Snoop is he's like, dude, he's basically he said, you're awesome. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure, he, like Snoop plays him off of like an iPhone, like some some of his hip hop. And Don's listening, he's like, you've got a gift, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it was just so neat because Rickles would murder people. My dad told me a story how you stopped on on a business trip he went to after the business trip was over they flew out to to vegas and they caught a rickles show and said he killed everybody oh sure everybody. yeah i love yeah. i love watching that kind of crowd i can watch a don rickles and i know i can even tell when certain jokes are coming are you Chinese? Oh, oh, as soon as then, then it's like, I know it's one of these 10 jokes that he's going to go into. Yeah, yeah. Typically, but if you want to see something funny, but it's also mind-blowing. For a while, Amazon Prime was running the Dean Martin celebrity roasts from no. the 70s and the 80s. No. And you can go watch like these hour and a half. Of, but it's not just that they're roasting icons. Like Jimmy Stewart, Henry Fonda, John Wayne. But they have like legends roasting them. Like, yeah. Orson yeah. Welles is getting up. Yeah. <laughs> They're not swearing. And it's, and it's not. I mean, Rickles would, would, would do the, the race thing. And, you know, you'd have Red Fox and just, but there's no vulgarity because they weren't like NBC. But Rickles would still. Like, ask Sammy Do- Davies Jr. to clean up after everybody left. <laughs> I, but, I mean, but he would kill And then you get John Wayne sitting up there being roasted. And you got Frank Sinatra. It's ridiculous. These people are literal Hollywood legends. Yep. I think they had Neil Armstrong was one. I mean, they had, like... Neil Armstrong faded into a... Security, the fact that he would come out for something like that. But this was in like the seventies. They had no. They had Evil Knievel. They had a couple of former presidential candidates. They had Reagan. Well, Reagan. Reagan was a, a showboater. But this was the governor. You know? I know he was a showboater. Uh, but it's interesting to see that at that stage in his life. He was, he had just, le- I think he had just left the governorship and was thinking about running for president. But if you want to see something funny, flash forward eight years or so to Reagan's second inaugural uh, inauguration. They had the big shindig and he was friends with Sinatra. So Sinatra comes out and sings and they bring on Rickles and Rickles gets out and he's just crushing the president <laughs> in front of a national audience. In the round, oh God! I'll have to look that up. I'm unfamiliar with that, so I'll I'll definitely have to look that up. That's interesting. Rickles wrecked the president of the United States right as he was starting his second term in front of a national audience, and Reagan was doubled over. Uh, You you couldn't have done that for Trump. 
You couldn't no. have Norm get up and roast Trump. No, no. It makes you it makes you yearn for that time, doesn't it? Well, it it, it makes you yearn for thick skinned or some look civility. I, I I freely admit that people can go way too far. Okay. Of course, of course. Uh, and I'm not saying we need to go back to you know less progressive times at times, but. No, no one has accused you of that period, so. But Rickles would say things to Frank Sinatra that nobody would say. <laughs> everybody and their mother knew Frank was mob-connected. Oh, of course, of course. And, and Frank could have had anyone killed. But not Don. He loved Don. Not God, Don he loved Don. <laughs> you listen to these stories that people would say about... Like, and and one of the other weird things, and here, here we go. We can tie this back to some sci-fi. Don Rickles' best friend was Bob Newhart. Yep. The absolute complete opposite type of comedian. Yep. Yeah. Very subtle. Bob Newhart was very situational. I, I think Rickles. I I want to say. Bob Newhart mentioned this in, a, in an older interview where he's like, oh, yeah, the first time I took my wife to see Don and we meet before the show. And she's like, oh, my God, he is such a sweet man. And he's so kind and loving. And Bob's like, mm, watch out for the show. <laughs> and, he's, and then basically Rickles calls him out and calls him like the stammering idiot from Cleveland or something like yeah. that. Or, no, Chicago. It's like the stammering idiot from Chicago. And right. But it's like, his, it's like his best friend. It's just completely different. Yep. Style of comedy. But the people who knew Don knew that he, he loved them. And, and he did. The people he loved, he told. Yep. And anytime he finished these these skewerings of people, he would lean over to somebody, whoever it was, and say, You are a wonderful person. You're you have I hope you have a wonderful career. And you could see in his heart this guy who literally killed the entire row mm -hmm. and just pointed out all their foibles and failings and everything, <laughs> race, whatever. And then he's immediately this puppy dog. This kind and gentle soul. Yep. I think Hulu or maybe one of the one of the streaming services has the 2007 documentary Mr. Warmth, which is all about Don Rickles, which won an Emmy. It's awesome. Mr. Warmth, which is what Dean Martin nicknamed him, almost as like a sarcastic but it turns out he really was a very warm and caring person mm. i might be spelling it wrong hold on when you think about there it is don rickles project it is on prime there you go i think his son directed or produced or something yeah so good old don rickles man 
I love listening to comedy. The, the, some of the, the three biggest enjoyments of my life outside of, you know, friends and family are comedy, sci-fi, and music. Mostly country music, but that's where you're really going to find me in those three realms, right? Yep. And we talk about, we've had an entire episode about sci-fi comedy, what what got done well, what didn't. If you want to go ahead and talk about comedy, the comedians, look at all the fucking comedians that were in The Mandalorian's first two seasons. Orange and Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Steven Bill Burr, who was also who was in his who was a hysterical comedian, and will be the first comedian to headline a concert at Fenway Park. Who knows absolute who knew absolutely nothing about Star Wars and still did it, and then and then proceeded to give maybe one of the best acting performances of the entire series. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> Comedians are just natural actors. That's the kicker. To paraphrase or to quote what John Ford once said about John Wayne uh, in one of his uh, movies, is like, I didn't know the son of a bitch could act. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the kicker, isn't it? I mean, comedians when they have to do their stand-up they also have to portray certain life situations and uh, or or certain personas in fact especially back in the 60s and 70s you were not you you were a persona at the time there are there's a surprising amount of comedians or comedic actors who have academy awards yeah and williams cloris leachman red buttons I mean, when you look at it, there's more. But if you look like, are they are they in a comedy? No, Goodwill Hunting was not a comedy. No. When you were had Robin Williams, there was every chance that he was going to say something absolutely hysterical. Yeah, off screen. But even actually, in I think screen. The funniest line, I next think week the funniest we're going to talk about Freud. Why he did enough cocaine to kill a small horse? I laughed my ass off. That is a hysterical line. That was, There's only uh, one man who could have said that. That was him. But I think the other line in Goodwill Hunting was, of a bitch, he stole my line. <laughs> that whole scene where he's telling Will about the game six. It's like, oh, you were at game six? No, I was in a bar down the road with my talking to my future wife. Yeah. Did you miss games? <laughs> and the, 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 the scenes where you can tell that he's just killing Matt Damon with the stuff he's saying to him. While waiting for uh, to talk to one of my employees today, I was stuck sitting in the company car, just sitting in a parking space. I was flipping through YouTube videos, and what pops up is the, the musical scene from Maui, the you're welcome. Music. You're welcome. And you just listen to the rock and you're like, not only does this look this motherfucker. He is <laughs> huge, he is super fit, he's good looking, he's strong, he's a great wrestler, he's a good actor, and the bastard can sing too. Son of a bitch can sing. And he's yeah. funny. 
I know. He's got he's it all. He's the whole freaking package. <laughs> he's, he's the whole freaking package. Oh. You can't you week. can't you can't define the perfect human, but he almost encapsulates all of it. <laughs> Which I mean, can can anyone argue otherwise? Uh, <laughs> Just, yeah. I mean, I, I've mentioned his first appearance is playing his dad with this big mustache and afro yeah. in that 70s show. But he was funny then. Yes, he was. Yeah. He, I mean, Maui's basically designed after his grandfather, but even still, the character gives the people's eyebrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, <laughs> it is a catchy song. He 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 can actually sing. He's funny. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the he, guy has not only yeah. hosted Saturday Night Live several times, but he's shown up numerous times. You know, as one of those fleeting guest appearances by celebrities that they like to do now, all the time on Saturday Night Live. Well, sure. Did you ever see the the skit? The Rock Obama? No. No. It's it's, it's oh, basically God. it's it's kind of like it's it's like Obama the Incredible Hulk version of Obama. Oh my god. And they had Fred Armisian playing Obama for a while. Fred Armisen. Armisen, sorry. Yeah, Fred Armisen. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. You're making I, him Armenian? What what I, now? I've been <laughs> Is I've he been, Armenian? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You've been <So>, drinking. <laughs> but he he plays so he, he's playing Barack Obama, which he did when he he was on the show. He was Obama. And then like they, they show him where increasingly aggravating things where he finally like kind of goes like Hulk and there's Dwayne Johnson all ripped in like a cut in a tore up suit. <laughs> Kind of like to talking some broken sentences. Yeah. Like, the Rock Obama. No, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, like you not pushing through this bill. Bipartisan bill. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why you know, cross the aisle. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, yeah. people and then eventually it ends up with them, him throwing them through like the wall or the window or something. Yeah, of course. And then you have like Jason Sudeikis come up and his Joe Biden. He's like, so, buddy, I uh, kind of stepped in it again. Joe, what you do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it's ridiculous. It was so weird. Where did you sniff this time? <laughs> the Rock Obama. Yeah. Oh, goodness. That's hilarious. And I, I tell that. you. Every now and then, I just want to hear him say, "If you smell what the rock is cooking," I know, right? Because I, I, was, I, I had a small wrestling phase in college. Monday Night Football was over. Oh, hey, Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I Watch didn't. The rock whoops some ass. It was <laughs> a male soap opera. I understand. I understood it. I didn't have anything against it. It just didn't interest me, but. I uh, I do remember the first time The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, um, 
hosted SNL, and he it kept leaning into that that uh, eyebrow thing and the "Do you smell what the Rock is cooking?" and but I, then they had all the WWE wrestlers like the Big Show, Triple yeah. H, and Mick Foley in the audience, or like occasionally yeah. popping up in the background. You saw a talent there. You saw a genuine talent, yeah. and you're like, okay, all right, this is this is this was delightful. Unlike uh, what was it, Donald Trump when he hosted, he couldn't play anything other than himself. No, and you know what? <laughs> Honestly. Neither could Tom Brady when he did it. Brady, oh Brady no, you're was, right, you're right. You're Brady right. was very little more than Tom Brady, and I love Tom Brady. Don't get me wrong. Didn't A Rod dress in drag and what? Uh, Julie Giuliani dressed in drag. Oh, did he? Yeah, I don't remember. Oh man, I'm pretty sure A Rod dressed in drag, and he and and he did a whole skit as a woman. Um, which was hilarious. Man, if only there was some database where we could go back and actually watch these things. Yeah, but... <laughs> probably YouTube under the SNL YouTube channel where all of their good shit is now. Yeah, the SNL app now, yeah. So... <laughs> the, you know, I mean, when you get someone on SNL who's legitimately talented or legitimately funny, they can crush. Like Jim Carrey on SNL slaughtered. Oh my god, it was right out it was right when he was promoting Cable Guy. Killed that was it. his first time. Yeah. It might be one of the funniest SNL episodes ever. I remember watching that the first time. Murdered. I watched it too. He, he was it was the lifeguard at the at the the, the sauna <laughs> at the hot tub. tub. At the hot tub. <laughs> and there's some what, what was it? Um What's his name? The 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 love guru guy. Um, oh, uh, Tim, Tim Meadows. Robin? Tim Meadows. Thank you. Not Tim Robbins. Ladies Tim man. Starts, ladies man. Tim Meadows gets in to do laps with. <laughs> Will Ferrell's in there. Yeah, and Will Ferrell is playing the straight man, which is usually yeah. not his shtick. <laughs> no, it's not. But he, he's in there with Sherry O'Terry, right? No, that was the cheerleaders skit which was also in that episode where, yeah, where like was. Jim Carrey is like a fucking right, yeah. they, they, is like a, a foreign exchange student who's yeah, he was a Jim. foreign exchange student that's right and that's neither the one of them who were both spastic individuals Will Ferrell and, and Jerry Terry could not keep up with Carrey no one no. could no. no one could Robin no. could Robin could have yeah. we, don't, we, don't, we didn't ever see them together did we I, I think it probably would have caused a rip in the fabric of space-time. <laughs> I, I think you're right, actually. All, all the fabric of reality would have been erased. When, when you think about it, those two guys, not only supremely talented, supremely hilarious, can sing, can act. They started as stand-ups. Mm-hmm. And they have sci-fi cred. Yeah. When you think about it, the Truman Show is almost very, is kind of sci-fi when you think about it. It's very stand. Uh, I mean, I, I hate to say this. I hate to say it. Because I didn't like the idea at the time. But when it first came out, a lot of the entertainment journalists are saying, this, this could be our future in entertainment. And it like, this is. this is a commentary about it. And now I'm like, oh my God, they were freaking right. Like, 
completely uh, although the people who are in these reality shows know they're in a reality show but they don't know how it's supposed to turn out because they don't know how it's going to be edited yay yay so you say (laughs) that but yeah but look when you when you look at the the fact that so many comedians have ended up on sci-fi tv shows uh movies they fit the bill no they do yeah absolutely wasn't because you have on a tng episode i know comedian Piscopo's. it was funny he was kind of a niche guy did you ever see johnny dangerously with uh michael keaton it's like this ridiculous like 80s mobster movie spoof Oh, Joe Piscopo oh. basically plays Johnny Dangerously. That's uh, that's uh, Michael Keaton's uh, protagonist uh, mobster, but uh, <laughs> Piscopo plays his arch rival. Oh boy! You shouldn't have shot me, Johnny. My mother shot me. <laughs> Same stupid shit. It's the it's a it's a ridiculous movie. It's just it's well, funny. I bet it is. I bet it is. I it, bet it is absolutely worth a, worth a watch. It's completely from those '80s spoof movies. Hilarious. Okay. Okay. Well, I think we've gone pretty far in in this realm here without without uh, circling back on everything. All so, I could say is. If if there was keeping something like Lower Decks aside, there was to be a good sci-fi comedy, I'd be interested in watching it. Like year one of the Orville, sci, you know, got some sci-fi comedy there. Year three of the Orville, excellent sci-fi. That's fantastic sci-fi, amazing. Not sci-fi. as funny. No, Spock and Mock. That was funny. That was pretty good. Actually, I have to say, that was um, a delightful new Star Trek episode, by the way. Uh, it was. I, have you I, finished Strange New Worlds? No, I haven't. I'm on episode six, but I, I'm, I'm Which trying. Which one is that one again? It's after Spock and Mock. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't get that. We're, we're, my family and I are binging Stranger Things. And the last episode of season four we're watching tonight. Uh-huh. So, Stranger my, New Things. Yeah, yeah. Well, my son, my son wanted to watch it, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'll let you watch it, but you're gonna watch it with us." And he's like, "Okay." And as long as he gets to watch it. So, um, my daughter may be interested in trying Star Trek. Ooh. Are you ready for this? How are you going to do it? How are you going to introduce her? What are you going to do? I don't. Do TNG? Do TNG. <sighs> do TNG. I'm kind of curious. TNG. if I, I kind of think that maybe I should try Prodigy. I've never no. seen it. I hear it's good. You don't do, don't do it until you watch it first. She seems interested in it. I haven't seen Prodigy, so I can't speak to it, but I feel like that universe is completely separate from everything we know. 
reports are that it is very good. Yeah. Hmm. The Popcast did a very good retrospective on the Star Trek Civil War at CBS. And oh. actually, contrary to popular belief, Brian Fuller was probably the bad guy in this whole thing. Really? I know. Yeah. Les Moonves wanted his own like flavor on it too. Don't get me wrong, but I think wow. Brian Brian Fuller was more of a an influence on on what happened with Discovery than we actually know. So, really? Yeah. The pop. And why Discovery season one was, it was so questionable. Dark. Oh, it was so bad. I, and I, I mean, our, our listeners know our feelings about it and my feelings in particular, but I, the only way I can't even describe, they did a very good analysis. It's like 25 minutes long. If you can, if you can listen, you don't even need to watch it. Just listen to it on YouTube on your drive tomorrow morning. The pop don't cast. Don't threaten me. I'm just saying, I'm just saying it, it'll With at least get drive. you through part of it. It'll at least get you through part of it <laughs> through, through the first fifth. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Brian Fuller was more of a um, bad influence than we originally thought. And then when he was fired, we we're sitting here going like, oh, was that wasn't Fuller idea? part of the JJ team in the reboot? No, no. Um, Fuller was part of Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Like Deep Space Nine was his first gig. So what was he but like? Some gripper, gopher or something? As a writer and a gopher and gripping, everything. Gripping a gopher? Yeah, more or less. But apparently, oh. like, his his vision of sci-fi was very different than what Michael Pillars and Rick Berman's were. And again, I mean, all the elements, I mean, you had Michael, you, Michael Burnham. Tip of the hat to Michael Pillar. I know, good old Michael Pillar. A balding man of principle. <laughs> yes. I can respect that. <laughs> and there's with, no ba- with many baseball caps to protect his balding head. Exactly. Although I got to say, I um, I went to the beach this he past week. He has the most '90s baseball hat collection. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> he did. I went to the beach this weekend and I wore a visor because if I wear a hat, I look like 57, 59 because of my graying size. So I wear a visor usually. But man, my top scalp. I think I'm going thin on top. Not and quite as thick as it used to be, huh? It's not as thick as it used to be, no. And I'm like, oh, God, don't do this to me. What a cruel world. This anyway. is your future. Ah, no, Go take it Picard. away. Take it away. <laughs> Put you it could away. Always, you could always go Cisco and shave it before it got too thick. I, I could. I already got the goatee. So, <laughs> not gonna be a good look on you, my friend. No, it would not. It'd be terrible. <laughs> It'd be awful. I just, I just need to go put myself away. So, <laughs> no, no public appearances whatsoever ever again. Why but, is he? Why is he wearing a baseball hat in the bathtub? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, on that note, I think that's a good well, thing. Hold to on, hold on. Before, all right, all right. We do that, I'm sorry. We have had another, I don't know if it's off the rails, but more of a 
kind of a reminiscence of, of comedy for us. Um, but other things. God, I missed doing this. Yes, it, this was fun. <laughs> I just missed <laughs> doing the podcast, doing. my friend. And I had to go to bed uh, before my kid most of the last two weeks. So <laughs> it hasn't, it, it's been a little off, which means yeah. I've, I've not been able to stay up as late and watch, catch up on shows. Although, granted, Obi-Wan and Strange New Worlds are over, which is good. Um, I've been catching up on the Orville on weekends. I've been trying had a couple of slobber knockers this the last couple episodes. Tough. Good. Really? Tough. Well, the one where um, Frank Grimes, the pilot. Not Frank Grimes. That's the dude from The Simpsons. <laughs> oh, no, you're I'm right. Homer Simpson. Scott yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, Gordon. Gordon. Gordon, thank you. The one where Gordon was, goes back to the 21st century. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean. All right. The simple fact, just didn't have to tell 2025 Gordon that they were going back to 2015. You're like, all right, live a good but life. It just said we're leaving. All right, fun. And then they go back further. It was years. like it was the it was pimp particles thing from Endgame. Seriously. Like, oh, we have enough shit to get back one more time. Okay, we'll go all <laughs> the way back another 20 years, 30 years. Yeah. I know he got Gordon got everything he wanted. He had the the woman of his dreams, the children of his dreams. It was just the wrong time. And God, you know, I I, I feel bad for the people that don't have that. I uh, that you know the life that they have always envisioned. And and no life is perfect. Let me. I set feel that right. bad for people who haven't watched that in previous Star Trek episodes. Well, okay, define define which Star Trek episode has done that explicitly. City on the Edge of Forever? No. Yeah. No, he fell in love with her, but he was told that he had to get rid of her. Ew. As opposed to Gordon, Gordon having yeah. to lose it all differently. I know. I know. And then it was kind of jarring when it's like, man, like, you guys did the right thing. That. Yeah, you did the right thing. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, Which, of course, is the difference in his perspective 10 years. but And I'm not saying that it's a ripoff. I'm just saying there are elements of this kind of sci-fi plot. I mean, the, what was it? The um, what, what was the episode with Famica Jansen? Oh, I don't think... Oh, um, The Perfect Mate. Right, where Picard, where she basically bonds with Picard, and they basically fall in love, and he has to do his duty and give up the woman yep. he loves. For a troll, kids are off to a troll. Oh my god! Like, just oh, <laughs> you know that episode was a little bit too old for me. I I can look back on it now and truly appreciate the tragedy that that was. In the years before sci-fi shows got the true respect and love they deserved, TV Guide rated that as one of its top 50 most heartbreaking moments on TV. Really? 
Mm-hmm. I'd have to, I, you know what? I need to go back and rewatch that. I'm gonna have to do that. I'm, I'm still I still got the tr- the free trial membership to Paramount Plus. I'll do that. <laughs> Let me say that does make his relationship with Jean Grey as kind of a father figure in the X Men movies a little weird. It does. It does. When I saw when I saw the casting uh, announcement in 1998, I was on StarTrek.com. By the way. Uh, I was like, oh, that's interesting. But, uh, yeah. So, anything else you want to add, my friend? Uh, If I'm being honest, I don't want this to end because I've just been enjoying it so much. My day from (laughs) from 05 a.m. till 4.45 sucked Mm. the whole day. From beyond that, it's been pretty good. Well, that's good. So well, that's what we can do for you. That's what I'm going to try. So. These things mean something to me. I mean, we're already at, what is it, like 63 episodes? Yeah, we're at, this is our 64th. This would be a 64th. But mm-hmm. the, what I was most afraid of over the last couple of weeks was that we would get out of rhythm, and then we would stop. Then we wouldn't even make it a year. No, I, I, I was terrified of that because no. this means so much to me. And Good. maybe, maybe this was something that was better served for our fiftieth episode, or maybe it was better <laughs> served for our hundredth episode. But when I've had some tough times shitty days at work, hating my job, the fear of transitioning out of the military and retirement, this has helped pull me through over the last nearly a year. And we're closing in on a year. We're at 11 plus months. Yeah, we're almost at our one-year anniversary, actually, yeah. We will celebrate. We may do a special one then. We will. Which means twice as long. (laughs) <laughs> four hours gosh I'm going to have to invite friends <laughs> we still need to have we do need to have yes. some guest uh, uh, guest folks in and everything which we can do just got to figure out and get people involved so but well, uh, if I can say this before we eventually sign off I I I love spending time with my family. I love having them here. I love getting settled. But I do miss this. I miss this very much. And I'm glad we're back from our hiatus. Slight hiatus. We're going to have a little bit more coming up. But yes, we're going to get right, right back into it. It's fine. No, we're not going to have any more breaks. I, that I'm has been going. quashed. I'm going to Tahoe. I don't care about yo hoes. I gotta go to Tahoe. I, I've got family that's I have to go to Tahoe. I had to go to Yosemite. Oh. I had to go to Grimble all the Fox. California green <laughs> emerald places. Yes. <laughs> California isn't green. Don't fucking lie to me. Oh, well, they want to be, but they, they they fail horribly at it. So <laughs> their whole state's on fire. 
And the only place in California I've ever been is been Death Valley. Yeah, that's that's actually the nicest of, out of all the places. Yeah, because you can't burn what's already dead. <laughs> you can't. No, you can't. Which so. is why you can't burn Los Angeles, because everybody's already dead inside. It's, it's, everyone's dead inside, and all the... Oh, God. <laughs> anything that's worth anything is already gone. So, <laughs> Which is why... 1978 Superman is starting to make Lex Luthor's plan is starting to make a shitload more sense. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> that being said, I'm going down to LA to watch the USC Rice game on September 1st. So, mm. or September 3rd. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. So you're bringing a bunch of <laughs> you're bringing a bunch of what cell phones? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a burner cell phone? No, just wet. Oh, rice. Okay, everybody, on a classic DT note, that's what we're going to go out on. <laughs> on that note, everybody. Bryce, Texas answer to Eastern Michigan State University. Oh, my God. We're going to keep going here, huh? Bryce is a very good school. And on that note, please. Make sure you continue to follow us at www.thosescifiguys.com and at our Twitter handle, which you know better than I do. At those sci-fi guys. So yes, and also find us on the dark web at www.dark.sci-fi.guys.weird.com. Don't don't go there. I, we don't <laughs> know what that is. We don't know what that is. We're not we're not on the dark web, and I don't want to be responsible for what happens at that point. So. <laughs> Bring a flashlight if you go onto the dark web, but beware of what you see. Oh my God! On that note, Maybe everyone. Venom. You guys keep dreaming. We'll keep working. So long, everyone. And for me and my podcast high, I will see you all on the high ground. Damn right, you're high. You're high on the high ground. All right, there it is. Those Sci-Fi Guys is an independent broadcast by Alpha Site Productions, produced by DT Cavman and P.S. McKay. Music courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. For more information on upcoming episodes, follow P.S. McKay on Twitter at P.S. McKay, or go to thosescifiguys.com for past episode information.